Welcome to the Political Podcast. Today's topic of discussion is midterms. Hello and welcome to this. This is um, our little political post-election panel. Yeah. Uh, it is currently November the 5th, the day, before, the day after um, the November midterm elections of 2014. And I'm joined here by three wonderful panelists, um, Jacob Barnes representing uh, the Young Democrats of St. Paul's. We have uh, Peter Payne representing um, the young, young Republicans of St. Paul's. And we have Victoria Bennington speaking on behalf of the Young Independents. And today we're going to be um, talking a little bit about the election, how it went, um, its implications for America's future, and perhaps be fielding some questions from our wonderful audience. All right, so um, let me just start by asking each of you what you guys thought of, um, so if you were surprised by the, by the results of yesterday's election. Um, no. I mean, this was kind of expected. The Republicans winning uh, the House was kind of expected, but um, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I really wasn't surprised at all. I mean, uh, with events leading up to the election, I did think that the Republicans were going to take control of the Senate, and I feel that uh, with the average ignoramus, they sort of blame all the problems in our country on the president, and simply because he's a Democrat, I feel that might have motivated people to vote Republican, even if they wouldn't anyway. Good point. Victoria, though. Uh, I completely agree with you. I think we've discussed this before, that this is a complete repeat of history in which once people start voting the president, especially after two terms, you start getting the next, uh, like the upcoming election, the other um, major party will gain. <laughs> <laughs> comments. Now, I would like to um, build upon what um, Peter, you were saying, that the, the American public likes to blame the president for all the problems of, of America. Now, right now, obviously, this election is a pretty good representation of Obama's kind of plunging popularity at this point. Do you blame Obama for his lack of success in his, um, past, his past two terms so far, or do you, do you think that there are other factors at play? Uh, I think there were a lot of other factors at play. I think especially after the Bush administration, people were expecting like a savior for the country. And I think that he didn't quite live up to the public's expectations. And um, at the same time, we've sort of seen a trend uh, going all the way back to Clinton, then to Bush, then to Obama. People started start out liking their president, and at the end, one with Clinton, the whole Lewinsky incident with Bush, everything that happened in the Middle East, and the overall discontent with President Obama at nearing the end of his terms. I feel like uh, we have seen a trend of people just not liking the president because they feel that they haven't done anything. And while I understand, while having a split legislative branch with a Republican House and a Democratic Senate, it can be really, really hard to get stuff, get stuff done, but with that in mind, President Obama did have a fully democratic legislative branch and did not use that to his advantage. So I think there is definitely some blame to report on the president. Good point. Jacob, do you have anything to say to that? Um, I, I agree with Peter in saying that there are a lot of different factors at play. Um, you know, I think one would be naive to suggest that Obama hasn't, um, you know, that, that, Obama, that Obama isn't at least partially to blame, like Peter said. He did at one point have a fully democratic um, legislative branch, and as Peter said again, did not take any, uh, or did, did not 
Um, but at the same time, like, you know, he, he, he couldn't have been America's savior. He couldn't have been what they wanted. And, and unfortunately, the bar was set uh, too high. I mean, too high for, for any, any president, I think, to ever reach. Um, but I, I personally have been disappointed in the way that he has sort of succumbed to partisanship and would like to see, at least in these last two years, an attempt to bridge those partisan divides and, and work more, sort of, um, work, work, work towards more bipartisanship, right. even though he doesn't have the Senate. All right, so this next question, I guess, builds, because we've talked a lot about analyzing um, the causes of this election, and now I think we can move on to what this election implies for the future of the country. And this question is for Victoria. I was wondering, um, since as an independent, obviously, um, you, you, um, you, uh, the independence value, you know, uh, reaching across the aisle, not being bogged down by partisanship, like Jacob was talking about. Um, I was wondering what you felt if you believe that this um, election would would increase the gridlock, um, like experiencing the current governmental system, or will it alleviate it, or will um, will, will the two parties work towards cooperation? Because um, today Obama met with, uh, I believe, with Mitch McConnell and discussed uh, cooperating and, and making the most of this new governmental arrangement. So what do you think the future of the American gridlock will be? I think we've got an interesting phenomenon. I talked about this in my capstone last year, in that the growing like population of people in the United States are actually going towards the independent party. Um, and there's major uh, kind of distaste for the lack of true bipartisanship in the country right now. Bipartisan, there has to be some communication and like working together, which really has not been going on. But according to numbers, their polarization has actually been increasing each year. So I think that I, I obviously don't know what will overtake if the increase in independence and the kind of the call for going across party lines and trying to work things out or kind of introducing a really strong third party, if that's going to overcome the polarization that has been increasing each year. I think that at some point, at least I hope that that is going to die out or at least reach kind of a conclusion and that the incoming generations will at least make, make a blank, <laughs> will go for kind of a, a different tactic because I think if anyone who could see what's going on in history right now,
sort of runs off of these lines and allows itself to um, run on the same ticket that it has for the last number of elections. You know, a socially conservative one, financially conservative. I think that it can still win votes on being financially conservative, but socially, um, but certainly so becoming socially conservative is going to hold it back. I think that it's going to suffer a lot in the long run. I, for the sake of the Republican Party, and, and Peter, correct me if I'm wrong, um, or if you disagree, but I honestly think the Republican Party would have been better served by getting a scare in these elections and sort of wising up. I actually disagree in the sense that I think that the turning of the legislative finance branch into uh, both Republican House and Senate will help the Republican Party because if we can assume that a lot of Republican votes during the midterm elections came from the discontent of the Obama administration, then we can assume that uh, because of the polarization of parties, Obama probably won't get a lot done in the last two years of his term because uh, he simply won't be able to be able to get along with the legislative branch. And in doing so, I think that will create even more discontent with the president because everyone now is saying, oh, Obama isn't doing anything. And with a completely Republican legislative branch, I, don't, I think that reinforces uh, the fact that nothing can really get done. And so then I think ever-growing discontent with Obama would actually help the Republican.